Today we're going to focus on a very interesting sutra in the second chapter. And we need a little context. This is uh, actually two sutras, if we make it to them. Uh, and that is, they are the number, number 10 and 11. So number 10, it says, this is the main subject here. It's, uh, it says that, so these klesha, so the, the previous sutras, they list the five kleshas, okay, though, means, uh, and there's different definitions for, for that klesha, and I'm going to point out to you one that is very helpful, and from my experience, only one translator uh, translates that word klesha like that, so the typical uh, translation is affliction. And another excellent uh, definition is root cause of pain or suffering. So there's five root causes of uh, suffering. Okay, dukkha. But the, the translation that I really recommend, uh, the root cause of pain is excellent. I recommend you grab onto that. But also um, forces of corruption. Wow, that's a whole different flavor. Okay, so a very important one, as you'll see um, in the Sutra 2.9, because um, Sutra 2.9 is telling you how to um, eliminate, lessen or eliminate the kleshas, to get, overcome them, these um, afflictions, these, uh, forces of corruption. And so those five are listed in the previous sutras as avidya um, means, well, we're going to go into what it means, but um, the, the different one-word uh, definitions for that avidya, it means ignorance or more specifically, kind of spiritual ignorance, or a um, not, not perceiving the spiritual dimension of your life and life itself. Um, and an, another way they put it, I like, is a, a culture of material knowledge. Um, a culture of material knowledge. <laughs> That's a video. Okay? And so, which is just like our, like the world now. It's a culture of material knowledge, right? Um, it's considering the mundane, the material world to be the all in all, right? So this hidden dimension, this um, sacred dimension, ignorance of that. And in a sense, from the perspective of yoga, that vidya or knowledge of the spiritual dimension is more real than this material world, which is 
right? So it's an exact reversal, because this, what we can see and feel and all, here, this is what we tend to treat as, this is real. And then this, this other hidden dimension, this abstract, intangible, difficult to grasp, seems less real or not real at all, right? And, um, and so Avidya is suppressed, suppressing the real nature of things and um, putting something else in its place. So putting all your identification with this material world instead. <laughs> okay, and this is a root cause of pain or a force of corruption. And, um, and then uh, that's said to be the root of the other four, avidya. So it's like the real pith of it is this um, failure to, to um, line up your, your perceptions, your sense of self, your um, idea of how you're operating in this world. You want to pierce through to that spiritual dimension and orient from there. Okay, but if you don't, suffering is coming. So then the others are asmita, this is the next, which is egoism. Okay. And um, it's a funny thing because all five of those words, if you look it up in the Sanskrit uh, dictionary, they, they have multiple definitions like a menu of possibilities of what that um, term or concept could represent. Not a smita, so this egoism. <laughs> There's no all alternatives. And um, I find that interesting all of its own. And um, so then, and I'm gonna talk more about it, but we'll just go through these. So there's. Next two are raga and dvesha. And um, raga is um, traditionally translated as attachment to pleasure. Then um, dvesha is the opposite. It's uh, a aversion or hatred, intense hatred of what is unpleasant or not um, pleasurable. And then last, a binivesha is, um, it gets uh, translated as clinging to life, like really holding on um, to life itself. And it gets flipped into fear of death. Because if you cling to life, then partly it's because you're afraid of death. And, um, and then also, in a way, it's like clinging to things being the same um, instead of changing, instead of going with change, which is the nature of the material world, is all things changing, but when, when we when it cling to it not changing, then um, this is a binivesha. Okay, and so the Sutra 9, it tells you that, um, so it says these klesha, these root causes of pain, uh, are to be ended by prati-prasava. Prati-prasava, that's the term. And the, my teacher, uh, Vyas Houston, in this translation, I love his um, 
translation, and the, he uses the word, those, he's the one that uses root cause of pain at, for klesia. But, but I'm not too down with his idea of prati prasava. No, it's interesting, it, but, but I want to open into it more. And his thing is inverse propagation. Inverse propagation, which is really hard to grab onto. It's like, what? Inverse propagation, which it, it has some interesting. And then, or he in parentheses, non-activation. And, um, and I, I, I understand, um, I, I say this every time, I know. I totally appreciate the translator's um, predicament of if you have to choose one word, what is it going to be to describe that concept? And so they do an excellent job for the most part, but we as absorbers of the text, we don't need to be stuck with one um, word. We can open up into it and um, flesh it out, right? And we, we must. It's like, it's just not, a, it doesn't give you enough information, that one uh, word. So you can't just be like, okay, I'm good, inverse propagation. And you can say, or non-activation. So if you translate that through, it's like, you don't cling, <laughs> right? Or you don't fall into uh, ego. And ego has two directions of um, affliction, right? Um, inflated ego, where your vanity, um, arrogance, conceitedness, kind of overestimating your, your value, things like this, right? The inflated ego. And then the deflated ego where you kind of very self-deprecatory, critical of the self, uh, right? Very self-conscious, overly humble, like Eeyore. Okay. I'm not, I'm actually not in a hurry here. And so, taking it slowly. And I encourage you to take your time with these things. Really sit with them and entertain the different um, possibilities that the, the texts and the translators and the commentators, how they're viewing it, but also how you view it. Like spend enough time with it that, you, that, that it actually feels relevant to you and what your, your circumstance, um, your practice itself, and your life. Okay, so, like, discover these kleshas. Your, like, what's your relationship to raga, this attachment to pleasure, and as a, as a root, as a cause of suffering? How, find evidence of that within yourself. And then think of what inverse propagation would mean, or non-activation. And it is interesting, that non-activation idea, just because it is true to me, I notice, that if, if, if I desire something or I uh, 
start developing a, a crazy aversion to something, like the further that process is in play, the harder it is to get out of it, right? And so in some ways you can anticipate what you're going to get attached to and not even get it started. So you can kind of anticipate that. I wanted to really spend time with the idea of a force of a corruption. You rarely will see this in the text, almost never. Okay, and what's amazing to me about that way of translating the word is that each one of those qualities, every single one of them, avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, abhinivesha, they start off as positive things and they become corrupted, and that's how they cause you pain. Okay, so this is a very different viewpoint than if, if it's just something you have to get rid of. Like, I have to get rid of my ego. I have to become selfless because that's a root cause of pain. And then I, I have to stop desiring because, um, or being attached um, because, um, because that's causing me pain, or, right? And so, but let's just reverse that for a moment. Let's just explore what the quality before it becomes corrupted. Okay, and, and so, like starting with the root one, it's amazing to me. So, worldliness. Like, okay, so you can say that uh, we're meant to be worldly. <laughs> we're here in this world. Okay, it does, it's not all spiritual, it's, it's just here, we're here in this place, in this time-space zone with these bodies. And this is a beautiful thing, this is amazing. Like, and not to be rejected at all, to be celebrated and um, like loved to the maximum, okay? And, but the... But of course, if, if you exclude this other dimension, if you just like only be worldly, the chances are somehow that's going to skew it and it's going to end up making, corrupting a good thing. Right? So there's a, you can be too worldly. But you can be not worldly enough, too. A lot of terrible things happen in the name of spirituality, right? When people really go for it and try to cut the ego and cut desire and become not hate, nonviolence, like a lot of shadow elements can come out. Okay, and then egoism. Okay, th this is an amazing thing. And it's, it's funny, if you look up that, um, like, I, I have, t I got a new source. It's, it's not new, but I've, it's emerged to me as, like, really equal to, so, so I use that um, Sanskrit, spokensanskrit.org. I love that um, website. It, it's excellent. Like, it is amazing how thorough it is. And, like, I have the... Sorry, I don't pronounce it properly or whatever, but I have a very um, erudite Sanskrit dictionary 
And that spokensanskrit.org, it has the same stuff. <laughs> it's quite amazing. But then there's this other website. It's called like the Wisdom Library. If you go, like I Google the word, I, I, whatever I, word I'm gonna explore, I, I, go, I've, I Google Asmita Sanskrit meaning. And then it, a pretty big menu comes up that I mostly ignore. And I go to this wisdom library though, and they'll, they'll say there's, there, it has 22 definitions in these languages. And then it goes right through the list. It, it has, it's amazing the, how comprehensive it is. And so you find really interesting um, ideas about what these words are um, meaning. And one of the things um, in that is that the Yoga Sutras are entirely unique in that they celebrate Asmita. Okay, they tell you directly in, um, in Sutra 117 that you're supposed to use I amness to create samadhi. The, the eighth limb of yoga, that you connect with asmita, right? So it's an amazing um, verification that your sense of I is pure I-ness, is this integral part of being a human being and um, to be celebrated, uh, developed, worked with, and um, not feared, not killed, Okay, so yes, it can become corrupted in both directions. You can become arrogant, conceited. You can become deflated and um, falsely humble and all kinds of stuff and overly self-critical. Those are all negative ego states, okay? But your sense of I, that's something pure and um, essential to you and your experience here and for um, for, for being in this world, but for also um, tapping the spiritual dimension of your life. Okay, so, and just get the, the flip here that we've done, like, and what, how amazing uh, that is. Okay, and then um, raga, it's a, a wonderful word, actually. Um, it's, and it's, he, it means these things. Um, vehement desire of, um, right? So that's not automatically negative to, 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 well, like to desire to get on your yoga mat. That's a good thing, right? And, um, and it's also a musical note, raga. It's a melody. It's the, the moon itself is raga. Raga is loveliness. It's um, interest in or joy or delight in. That's Raga. Interest in something, joy in something, delight in something is Raga. Okay? So that's, again, this is principle. Um, and it's also in Sutra 117, one of the forms you connect with to create, create a state of samadhi is ananda which is bliss, or uh, fullness, or joy. Okay, so obviously, you can see, it, it, it's so, it, to me, it's, um, it's making the best of what you have, the equipment that you have, to start off seeing these as beautiful, uh, important parts of you, right? And then they, th yes, 
they become corrupted. You can become overly interested or wrongly um, attached to the fact that you're um, taking joy in or interest in something like, um, and it can, it can backfire. And like the raga is also like um, seasoning. It's a red color. And, um, but, and so that can become red anger, right? Uh, like your face can turn red because you're so worked up about that thing, wanted so bad, right? And, um, and so, um, and then Devesha, even Devesha, like um, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's harder to uh, find the, the goodness of Devesha at first, like, but, but not really, okay? So, because it's all in the matter of balance. Like that, right? That to, for for us to be have aversion towards unpleasant things, this is a good thing. You don't want to, right? You don't just understand that's smart, <laughs> right? You don't want to gravitate towards unpleasant things. And yeah, it can become corrupted, where you can't handle the basic stuff that we have to go through, right? It's not just a joy ride all day long. There's a lot of obstacles and frustrations and vexations and different little problems that come up that aren't pleasant. And so, but, but at the same time. Yeah, and so here's some alternative words to um, hatred. Spite. And that gets to like, you see the, the corruption and um, rancor, uh, revenge, vengefulness. It's like you're so mad you want to lash out and make that thing or person pay for your, for, and ill will. Right, so these things are corrupted. Like the, those are poison. They poison they, and they cause you to suffer and um, suffering around you. But aversion in itself is necessary, good. And get this, so <clears throat> all right, so we're gonna interject, even though we still have a Bini Vesha to go for and uh, finish this Dvesha off. But we're going to interject the Prati Prasava. Okay, so it doesn't just mean inverse propagation or non-activation. Okay, so this we're going to go into a little bit that's uh, quite, quite amazing. And it, it, see, this is why I love the Yoga Sutras. It's, it, it's actually very memorable, these the way, then they, they have planned it um, very carefully. Uh, and that's why you, it's, you have to respect it by going into the, the words. Okay, and so Prati Prasava is, and it's tricky, you have to think about it to get what it's saying. But the first one's not too, too bad, but it's return to the original state. 
And this is what I'm telling you, right? That's what I've been, the whole, this last 20 minutes is about. Is that instead of ha be, having this corrupted sense of raga or dvesha or uh, asmita, you return to the original state, which was pure and good and um, right. Beautiful, okay? And, um, and then it's this, you see, this is amazing. It's the exception to, the, to an exception. <laughs> that's pratiprasava. That's how you're going to um, work with these kleshas. Identify the exception to the exception. And what the heck does that mean? And here's what it means. It's, it's amazing. Okay, and so it, it takes a while to, um, to get, to, to understand it. So it's, um, it's a, and then here's another way they put it. And this is going to confuse you at first, but I'm hoping I'll be clarifying it for you. So it's the suspension of a general prohibition in a particular case. That is prati prasava. And um, Can you say that again? Yeah, that one's not worth writing down. Just there, no, there's better one coming. Okay, I'm just putting that because I'm I'm setting you up for this. Okay, so. Um, here it is. I'm going to come right to it for you. Th this is amazing to me. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why once I've said it. So it's where, this is pratiprasava. It's where the general rule is shown to be applicable in cases falling under the exception. That you can write down. Say, so it's where the general rule um, is shown to be applicable in cases that are falling under the exception. Okay, and here's what I'm going to tell you. And this is that exception to the exception. If you really break down how we go from the pure state to the corrupted state, it's because we consider ourselves an exception. Item by item, like when we drift into attachment to something, a, an experience, a food, a way of doing things, a way of reacting, it's and we, we actually, some part of us knows it's wrong. Like that if we get really mad and want to lash out, we know we're doing it, but somehow we've let it, we've decided this is an exception. I, I can do this because I'm special, or, or because I've got this, it doesn't make me suffer, or something like that. Do you understand how, and this is, this is amazingly useful um, in tackling these kleshas, and your own um, things that are causing you pain, because it's a, it's a crazy um, process that we go through, and, and basically, what we end up doing is kind of maintaining a certain status quo. Okay, so, so what we kind of accept our little vices or big vices. Like somehow we rationalize them into uh, letting those carry on and repeating, right? And, and partly the, so it's, so we, we have to get back to uh, where the general rule is shown to be applicable. It's like, no, if you, if you get 
go into a rage about this thing, this is bad for you. Okay, it's not because it's really that bad, right? Sometimes we justify it because that was that wrong. So I'll get that mad. Or, right? What are all these things? It's amazing the little process that we go to, go through. And, um, and we become um, complacent. And this is where I'm going to bring in this couple of quotes that Shanti sent, sent me about the, um, the suffering. Because it, really, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at our suffering and, um, and, and getting at it. And so these quotes, so first one is that suffering is primarily a call for attention. Okay, so it's, um, which, is, which is in itself a movement of love. What's the guy's name? The guy that wrote, I am that. This is quotes from him. I, what's, yeah, okay, this is him. So he's saying that the suffering's a call for attention. So it's like, when you're in pain, and you're supposed to look at it, okay? And, it, and that that in itself is a movement of love. Um, and then more than happiness, love wants growth, okay? And so, and deepening of awareness and consciousness and being. And so whatever prevents that becomes a cause of pain. And, um, and, and love does not shirk from pain. Yeah. Okay, and so, and so, but here's what we do. In one way or another, we'd, we, we've sort of decided that we're the exception in all these different particular areas, right? And then we don't pay attention to those anymore. And, and this is how it perpetuates. And so, and so, and, See, and what's interesting about it is that idea of more than happiness, love wants growth. Okay, and so I want to go back to this, um, this theme of the word dharma. Okay, so it means, um, it, it means the cosmic law of justice, which is a very big word, but it also means an individual um, kind of duty or sacred work in this world, right, that each one of us has. And um, it also means simply becoming. So dharma is becoming. And this is how our life is unfolding. We're, our whole life we're becoming, we're kind of growing into this person that we, we envision, that we were meant to be, or the, the, the best version of ourself. And, um, and so th this is more than happiness, love wants growth. So it, that, that process of becoming never ceases. And, and so, but we were, but for us, we get so scared of that. So afraid to, um, to change and to move forward and to, to keep learning and growing and opening and expanding as a person. And so we, we shut it down by making uh, these exceptions in these areas of uh, our pleasures and um, what we don't like and our ego and, um, 
And, um, and then, so this Bhagavad Gita, I'm going to bring this in. Because um, it's an amazing little set of stanza from the 18th chapter. I give you two, trans, two translations. So the first one, it says, um, one second, I got to make sure that I'm ready for this. Uh, I'm going to set this up. So, here we go. So first it says, by being absorbed in performing your own duty, this is how you attain perfection. Okay, by being absorbed in performing your own, your own duty. And um, so, and then it gives some advice. It says, listen to um, how one who seeks um, their own duty um, how they attain perfection. And so it says, um, basically, by worship of the one that whom, who created all beings and who has pervaded the, this entire existence, by worshiping that one um, through the performance of your own duty, you gain perfection. Okay, so by worshiping this um, spiritual dimension, this hidden aspect of life, this is how you, um, in your own way, doing your own uh, duty, okay, th this is how it happens. And then, um, and then the next stanza, action according to one's own dharma, though flawed, is better than another dharma, though easy to execute. Okay, and, um, and in performing one's naturally ordained duty, um, a person does not incur uh, sin or fall into kleshas. Okay, and then um, last, the, then this translation from Mani Rao, the poet, goes, like this, and I, I'm going to try to get to how that is, how I consider that to be relevant to this conversation. Okay, so, so she puts it, when each is delighted in her own work, then reaches perfection. Delighting in your own work, and, um, and so here now how one finds perfection in one's own um, work. So, by dedicating one's work to the origin of beings and by whom the universe is um, per permeated, this is how you reach perfection. And so it's better to play one's own role, unremarkable, okay, unremarkable, than um, another's role well. So working in line with innate nature, working in line with your innate nature, you're not culpable. You, so that's the, you, you don't build up karma. You don't act unskillfully. Okay, and then last, one mustn't give up work you're born with, even when it's not nice. Okay, and um, all missions are clouded by flaws um, as fire by smoke. Okay, so... 
are, um, yeah, they are, all missions are um, clouded by flaws. And um, that that's just how it is. Okay, so, so if you're really looking at suffering then, why we're suffering and why we're falling into kleshas, in some ways you can say that it, it's, it's so uh, superficial in a sense. Um, and, but, but fundamentally we're somehow not attaching to the, this special becoming that we've been given. Somehow that that's, we're rebelling against that or refusing to turn inward towards that. And, um, and then I'm going to give you that second quote. I didn't give you the second quote from him, right? Because that's key to this. It's a, really, it's a totally amazing thing. And at first I, was, I didn't quite understand how it was related. But then it's... It's right at the heart of it. So he goes, he goes, see that you, see this, that you're not what you believe yourself to be. See, that's it. And you see, when we go for this status quo, we get fall into our little complacent pattern. That's exactly what we do. We think, we, we kind of, Think that we're this certain person and get stuck there. Okay, so he says, see, you're not the, what, um, what you believe yourself to be. And he says, fight with all the strength at your disposal against the idea that you are nameable and describable. Yeah. So, so, so you understand that those clashes, those forces of corruption, that is... That's exactly what happens, is that we just fall into like, this is me, this is, this, this is how I am, right? And, but you know, you're gonna fight with all the strength at your disposal to, to not go there. You're not nameable, you're not describable, because you're, you're, you're in this constant becoming. It, that never, ever stops, okay? And um, refuse to think of this or that. And then he comes out with this line. So there is no other way out of the misery you have created for yourself. And then it's an awkward sentence, but basically he's saying that, I'll read it all the way through and then I'll back it up. So he's, he goes, there's no other way out of the misery you have created um, for yourself through blind, exception, uh, blind acceptance without investigation. So it's blind acceptance without investigation that is really a problem. Okay, we just and this is and we do see we it's and and then he says this that again suffering is a call for inquiry. All pain needs investigation. And then don't be too lazy to think about it. <laughs> you see, so it, so it does take this, um, this 
you have to walk it back to, you have to identify that you are getting snared by the kleshas. And, and, and the individual ways that, that you are. Like, where, where are those things becoming corrupted? My, my sense of, um, my desires my, and my pleasure, my, my bliss. Where is that going over into um, something that's causing me suffering? And, that, and, now, and, and I'm ignoring, I've made an exception. I've, I've totally just let, that's now existing. And it's an exception. It's like, it's okay that I'm being like that. Okay? And you gotta get to that, that that's not okay. That needs to be investigated. <laughs> it needs to be looked into carefully. And um, as, and what's so funny is the, the, the making an exception, it, it keeps you in this status quo. It, it stops you from like, do, like deepening, it, continuing to deepen into this person that you're, that you want to become. That's like the, the ultimate experience of being alive, the reason you're alive, right? Yeah, and we, but, we, but we'll trade that for such, such little gain, such little, you know, it's quite, it's quite amazing to, to when you really observe it. Um, but but it's, it's more than that, you see, and that's why I love this, sta this stanza, because partly we have such trouble with this idea of these flaws, that the... Right, and I love how they're using the word perfection, and yet they're acknowledging flaws as they're doing it, right? And, and we're so, in one sense, we're so afraid of our flaws, and, um, and, that, and so afraid of, that, like when it says that you, doing another dharma, though it's easier, uh, it, that's not the way, right? That you gotta do your own, even though it's flawed. And even though you're going to basically feel like a chicken sticking its neck out, just like, okay, cut, right? Like the, the power of conformity and um, fearing and being afraid of being different or celebrating um, how you're unique and what this original uh, perceiving and becoming is, it's quite um, astounding how, um, how we block it. And so the, and the, see, and I love the, this, that passage that also, it really goes into it. This, you're, the duty, you're, so, I'm gonna get that, because that's just totally amazing. That it, this book, I mean, what? How did they come up with this? And, way back then. Yeah, so the, they say it more than once. The, in performing one's naturally ordained duty. Okay, so this, you don't come out into this world and decide, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it like this. You try that out. And you will, it ain't gonna work. Okay, it could be, because there's something, there's, it's, you don't come out, none of us comes out as a clean slate. There's an agenda of some sort. If, if nothing else, it's based on 
the time you were born, the place you were born, the parents you were born to, the city you grew up in, the school you went to, like all these limiting factors, right? The opportunities that came to you. But that's just the surface. You know, these are very deep um, things. Like, and, um, and you go back to that Abhinivesha. Um, no, sorry, not Abhinivesha, the Dvesha. See, I love this. Because you, you understand that your dharma, this special seeing, this special becoming, this special work, this special duty that you have to do in this world, it, the, two of your best, um, you three, three of your best allies for that are um, asmita, okay, your sense of I am. That, right? That's you, you, I. That, and not the de inflated or deflated, uh, corrupted eye, the pure sense of eye. This is key. Okay, and then the, um, your pleasure, your desire. This is what you like, what you're passionate about, what turns you on, what lights your fire. The universe isn't mean. It can appear like it a lot. So, you, so basically, your desire leads you to your dharma and your anger, your hatred. Okay? You hate something so much, you're going to change it. You're going to present something different than that. This is how you get to, to that. And it's so interesting in that definition of dvesha. It, um, it, it makes an allowance for that. So it's, Dvesha's the, it's a, it's a cause for, get this, a cause for Dharma or a Dharma. Okay, a Dharma is the opposite of your work, which is when you're, when you're spiteful all the time and bitter and have ill will and angry and reactive and revengeful, yeah, no, that's a Dharma. That's, Toxic and poisonous, really bad for you and others. Okay, but when you, when your dvesha is activated and you do something about it positive, this is good. This is essential. And it's hard. You understand it's hard. Me, I mean, I... I don't know, I feel like you already know it, but it, it feels like an admission, a confession. But there's no doubt that some big percentage of what I teach is being pissed off at Ashtanga. It's like, no, that's, I'm sorry, that's just not smart. I'm not, that's not a good way to practice. And, but I, I but, and in my own mind, whatever, it's all, it's, and I love that they point it out to you. It's flawed, every one of us. Even when we try our hardest, we're flawed. But you still try. And um, so, and then look at Abhinivesha. It's so funny, because it's right there in the words. And it's funny to me that no translator or commentator ever talks about this. But it's right there. Abhinivesha is a very positive word. It's, called, it's tenacity, determination, study, intentness, devotion, application. 
That's what it means. Okay, and it can become corrupted. You can be too, too tenacious, too determined. To, and then it turns into this clinging. It's like holding on. And how about this? The, and this, this is what I want to end with. This is something totally amazing to me, okay, about the word um, pratiprasava and abhinivesha and the way this chapter starts. Okay, so, because this chapter starts with um, Kriya Yoga, gives you these three niyamas to practice to lessen the effects of the kleshas. That's what, that's how the chapter opens. So it, with this Kriya Yoga, Tapa, Swadhyaya, and Ishwara Pranidhana. Okay, and, and then, then lists the kleshas, then comes to Pratiprasava. Okay, so the first thing you do is, an, uh, the, there are niyamas. And the, the difference between, or like a stark way to see it, yamas are no's, restraints. It's like, you're, you, you're trying to say no to those things. Niyamas are yeses. They're observances. They're things you're trying to bring into your world. Okay? And, um, and so, the, and the word pratiprasava is amazing because it says pratiprasava is the negation of a negation. <laughs> yes. And to go further, it's so it's yeah. So here's another way to put it. And I I I appreciate the cumbersome language because this is tricky psychologically. Okay? And and you actually do need this nuance of language to say like an exception to the exception because because it describes it well. It's because it describes the process you went through to get to the klesha, right? And so, and how you're going to get out of it. So you, first you made an exception, now you've got to reverse it back and not make that. So you've got to create the exception to the exception. Okay, and then the negation of a negation <laughs> is, so the force of a positive, so it's the force of a positive limiting, as it does, the scope of a negative. Yes. So, do you understand that, that so that, that's why I love that um, starting off with um, tapas, swadhyaya, and ishwara pranidhana. They're very proactive things that you do. They're exactly this. They're, you're negating a negation. So, you're, the, you're taking a positive force and, and just by the ac accenting that and putting your energy into that positive force, you're limiting the scope of a negative. And don't underestimate how powerful that is. Okay, th th to me, that's your most powerful way of operating in this world. It's not focusing on not doing this or that. It's in doing the thing you want to do. More and more, like exactly this, the, the, the force of a positive just replacing the force, the scope of a negative. This is that, the spirit of that pratiprasava. And then abhinivesha, it's totally amazing if you look at that. It's um, 
So here's what Abhinivesha is. It's imaginations that manifestly cling to negative views. So you understand that we, are, and we all do this. We get so jaded, so cynical, so automatically um, pessimistic. And this is a problem. See, and I know you're, you're going to like this, John. Great, because the other day you were asking, like, it was, it was very hard for, to you, sort of like, that suffering is so valuable. And because, because you're, right, that, so that's a juxtaposition, because you're, you're trying to accent the positive, but not to the point of, like, that weird videotape, The Secret, right, where you're, you're always happy, and you, you don't admit of any shadow, and because um, it can flip right back over into you cut the ego, you cut desire, you, you cut all these things. Um, anything negative, anything shadow, right? Because you're trying to be positive. And so there's a dance between, because, because, just, it's so, it's so amazing. Let's, I just want to go back to that Mani Rao for one little moment. It's amazing. The, the built-in the built language around the, the flaws. And the, the, as you pursue perfection, right? So, um... So one mustn't give up work you're born with, even when it's um, not nice. And all missions are clouded by flaws. And, and so, and, and you can also say in a way that those, it's, it's not possible to stay in those, whatever those original state is that they're talking about with prati prasava. You're going to always flip over into raga, or dvesha, or ego, little, little imbalances and um, challenges. And some of those, like the man says, the I am that man, they have to be investigated. That's all. And James Hillman, that's, that's what he talks about. See, we don't get to choose that work. It's preordained. It's the innately born to it, right? And so this resistance and these challenges are, they're built into it, right? It's, it would be so easy if you just, as all you had to do was go, this is what I want to do and now I'm going to go do it. No, that, that, that just... So you, you have to match, this is what I want to go do with where is the universe leading me? From the day I was born, too. It's like you... And that is um, that Kriya Yoga. So tapas is you putting... It's willpower. It's effort. And Ishwara Pranidhana, this is... Um, 
becoming loyal to following this deep, sacred pattern that's, uh, that brought you into this world, that's leading you through your life. All right, so I'll go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Namaste.